guys, my name is Corinne Coulter, and I'm your host for the Education for Tomorrow Alliance, What I Wish I Knew, a podcast about the emerging leaders and the steps they are taking to reach the careers they have envisioned for themselves. We are excited to invite you on this journey as we speak with young professionals from Montgomery County and beyond about their careers, the steps and advice that, that have helped them along their way, and the dreams they have for the future. So sit back, get comfy, and don't forget to take notes so you too can dream big dreams. Welcome to the first episode of the EFTA What I Wish I Knew podcast. Education for Tomorrow Alliance is a nonprofit organization dedicated to connecting the education and business communities in Montgomery County, Texas. As many of you know, we typically offer career and leadership programs in our schools, but we're all having to navigate a new normal, so we are very excited to launch this podcast to still be able to introduce you to professionals in our area. Today, for our first episode, I had a chance to speak with David DeVoe, who is a financial advisor with Edward Jones. Um, This was such a fun episode to record, and he has some great Um, stories about the different careers that he's had and the different callings on his life and passion. Um, We talked about the importance of finding those mentors and those cheerleaders to help challenge you but also celebrate you. We talk about being the hero of your own journey and um, I just really think that this will be a great um, episode to start us off and give you guys um, a look into how this podcast Um, we'll be featuring different young professionals in our area. We're excited to take you on this journey um, to meet young professionals who have all started out where you are today. So don't forget to subscribe, share this episode and podcast with your friends, and I hope you guys enjoy. Let's get started. Hi, David. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Are you hanging in there with everything, everything going on and kind of working from home and not getting to see as many people? Yeah. I mean, I'm making it work. I think like everyone else is. I don't really have a choice, you know? (laughs) Yeah, we're all in that boat. So, well, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I am looking forward to having you um, on this podcast and having a conversation with you to share kind of about who you are and what's led you to the the career that you're in now and where you are now in your life um, and share that with our listeners here in Montgomery County. So we'll just go ahead and we'll just jump right in. Tell us who you are. What, who is David? What's your day to day? (laughs) Kind of give us that look into you. Oh, wow. Who is David? (laughs) (laughs) Still a question I'm trying to answer. Um, Me. So a little bit about my journey in life, I guess. My journey, it's a bit unconventional, I'd say. Um, I just recently started what I like to think of as maybe my second or even maybe my third career, depending how you look at it. Um, I'm only 35 years old, so (laughs) it's a little strange, but uh, my original career aspirations um, coming out of high school was to be this like famous actor. Um, I was just absolutely sure I was bound for Broadway or (laughs) film and television. Um, I had started doing theater in high school and everyone was like, you're amazing. My teachers were like, you're amazing. And it was like, okay, great, cool. I'm going to do this. And then, uh, you know, sometimes life gets in the way. So um, I'd always loved the thrill of being in front of an audience. And I was like, this is my goal. 
Um, but I quickly realized that God has his own plan for my life. Um, and I just have to lean into that plan. I actually ended up pursuing a career in lighting design and theatrical production. So I still stayed in that general realm, but ended up on the other side of the stage, uh, which then of course led me to becoming a college professor um, in the field of dance and technology. And uh, I have a BFA in musical theater. So that's where I started out. I always thought I was gonna be on the stage. And then that actually turned into pursuing an MFA in dance with an emphasis in technology and design. Um, I'd always loved being on both sides of the stage. Um, and I remember the chair of the department in undergrad telling me to continue to pursue both sides as long as I could. Um, he's like, you have a knack for both. So just keep going and see where life leads. Um, and I really have taken that to heart the rest of my life. But uh, I also have a very strong love-hate relationship with schools. So <laughs> uh, I decided, you know what? Hey, why not pursue another master's degree? I have one, one kind of two, right? Why not? So uh, student loans, who cares, right? No. <laughs> bad advice, bad advice. We'll get to that later. Uh, I earned my MBA in August of this last year in 2019. Um, and I decided with my MBA, um, my new knowledge that I actually wanted to pursue a new career. Um, something completely different, something I'd never tried before. And I decided to pursue a career in finance. And um, within a month or two, I got a job as a financial advisor with Edward Jones here in the Woodlands. Uh, and for those who don't know, so as a financial advisor, what I do is I work with, I work with families. My personal niche is working with young families, um, artists, nonprofits, um, really anyone getting started out on their financial journey or the people I like to work with. Uh, and what I do is, I'm, I feel like a guide or a shaman almost, but, uh, or to put in more technical terms for younger people, I basically Google Maps for people. Uh, I look at you and I'm like, hey, where are you at? Where do you want to be? I'm going to help you get there. And I'm going to navigate along the way and I'm going to give you choices and I'm going to make sure that you arrive at your final destination. So yeah. that's what I do. That's where I am. Crazy story. I know. Great, great journey. So a bit side note, what is, what was kind of your favorite role that you've played? Oh, that's, that's sad, but <laughs> oh. so my freshman year in college, actually, well, in my freshman year in college, I got to play Sky Masterson in Guys and Dolls. So it's okay. the lead role. Um, and I'm like, my, my career peaked then is what I tell people. But, uh, but high school actually was my favorite role. I, I got to play Hamlet my senior year of high school. Um, and that's probably been my favorite role. I'm a huge. That's a big role. <laughs> yeah, lots of lines. I have about two thirds of the dialogue in the show. So you still fun. remember the lines? Like I feel like they're. You know, it's it's yeah, they do. They come. Actually, what's funny is so I always had to highlight my my lines in the script uh, because I don't have a photographic memory, but um, I I have I don't know what it's called, but I can like picture things in my memory that I've seen once or twice, and so if I highlighted everything, I could always see the highlights and then the words would kind of just fill in. And that was the only way I could remember all of those lines. And so to, even to today, I can like flip through the book in my head and see the highlights of the lines. Not so many words anymore, but still the highlights. Yeah, no words highlighted. <laughs> yeah. Cool, well, thank you. to be, I remember that one. Yes. <laughs> So you've done, like you said, you've been, you feel like you're kind of in your third career. What do you feel like, I mean, that's a lot of transitions and from kind of the theater to the technical side to finance, that's quite a range of um, skills and knowledge that's needed. 
what do you feel like it is that you were kind of being called to maybe within each of those or to where you are now? Um, what was kind of in, in that decision, kind of that calling? Yeah, um, that's a great question. So first, just thinking about that, I really like the word called because um, I do believe that each of us has a calling on our lives uh, to do what God created us to do. And mine, mine, I feel like has always been some kind of service, um, which is kind of the thread, I think, through all those careers. Because um, like you said, they're very different. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but um, each one has offered me the chance to, to serve. Uh, so maybe not service in like the most traditional way or the way that most people think about it. But um, for instance, when I was working in the arts and in education at the same time, a lot of my time was spent giving back to either the university or those individual arts organizations that I worked for by going above and beyond what the scope I was getting paid for. So there was like, here's the job, here's what we're paying you for. But I found ways to go beyond that, to just to give more of myself, more of my time, more of my energy and more of my knowledge to, to all of those organizations. Um, and particularly, so at Sam Houston State University where I got all my degrees from Sam, I taught at Sam, huge Sam fan. <laughs> uh, I, uh, their motto is the measure of a life, the measure of a life is its service. Um, and that, that is like always stuck with me. Um, and I think as a Bearcat, that's just, that's who I am. That's who I want to be. Uh, and that's how I want to leave the world. So I believe that we're called to leave the world a better place than we found it, um, no matter what career path we choose. And so I guess I decided to go into finance specifically. It's a, a really personal reason, actually. So um, funny story. I've never actually been really good with money <laughs> prior to this. It's kind of funny. It's like, oh gosh, should I really be giving people advice? But I should. I have lots of knowledge now. I'm just going to put that out there. But yeah. <laughs> uh, just so you know, where I started, I remember going back when, uh, when I was a kid, like maybe elementary school, middle school, going to uh, church camp over the summers. You'd like get away from your parents for a week. And what we did, really didn't know was that our parents were getting away from us for a week and they yeah. were loving that. But um, yeah, they would give me, you know, like cash at the beginning of the week. And they're like, here's for snacks or like candy bars, things, you know, that you don't get to have at home typically, at least not at my house. But, and they were like, here's for the week. And I'm like, okay, great. And then I remember like by the end of day one or day two, you know, and this is supposed to be like five or six days, it would all be gone. All my money was gone. And I'd be like, what happened to all my money? Like, <laughs> thank you more. Yeah. <laughs> and so actually the funny part is parents usually came and like had a parent's day during the week, like midweek. And I would, they would be like, are you okay? Are you doing, I'm like, well, I'm out of money. And it's like, sometimes they would give me more money. Sometimes they wouldn't, but um, I just, man, I had no impulse control back then. Um, <laughs> so, but as I got older, obviously became more aware that life gets expensive uh, and you kind of need to be a good steward of your finances if you really want to be successful and, and, uh, and have a good life. So uh, I guess I never really had any mentors when it came to money. And that was probably the issue was that there was no one really telling me, hey, this is how you should do things. or This is probably a smarter choice or hey, you might want to think about saving some of that money. Um, so there's lots of things I wish I could go back and redo financially specifically, but uh, the main reason I went into financial advising really um, has to do with the fact that, uh, so my dad passed away six years ago. Um, he, he was just shy of his 65th birthday. Um, he had an accident at work, fell off a scaffolding, um, and then over about a month or two, a couple months later, he just never recovered, and so finally passed away from that. Um, and uh, my dad was not great with money either. Um, and so 
I'm actually the middle child of seven. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and so they all, we all had to choose someone to manage the estate after he passed away because um, he had never updated his will. And they all chose me, because I guess because I'm the middle and they all trust me. But um, I was like, okay, cool. I had no idea what I was getting into at that point. This was six years ago before my MBA. I had no clue. I was like, sure, I'll do it. Uh, it was a nightmare. Um, it was a four year long process. Uh, lots of stress, lots of headaches, lots of lawyers, lots of hospital settlements. Um, and probably the most difficult thing was having to actually negotiate and sell like my childhood home, like cause just because it was mortgaged to the hill and um, to pay off some debts and stuff. So, so let's just say my dad was not prepared to pass um, and honestly had no plan with his finances, no estate planning, none of that. And I just remember thinking like, oh my gosh, like this should not be this difficult for anybody. Um, and so going through my MBA and discovering finance and discovering that, oh my gosh, it shouldn't be this difficult for people. Like there are professions out there to help people with this. I wanted to do that. So I chose this career because I wanted to make sure that no one has to go through that. Anybody I know, friends, family, anyone I come in contact with, I want to make sure that they have a plan in place, that they know what's going to happen, that they're prepared for their future. So that's, that's where I ended up here. Well, thank you for sharing that. I know that that is, calling is such a big word. And I feel, I remember in high school feeling like I had to know what that was and knowing what I was going to do. And for you to have kind of transitioned and changed and experienced new things, having that kind of, that, I feel like when you have a personal kind of experience or story or knowing that service is that thing, um, it makes you all 100% in. Like you're going to give your clients everything, you're going to um, take the education. And I really think that um, you, you have shown that. And um, within kind of, that's, I just, I just like that. I think that that is a good, a good um, kind of example of really following that and knowing your calling and path might not be straight, but you figured it out and you're doing great. So. <laughs> path was definitely not straight. And yeah, I actually, I really like that you brought up the fact that when you're in high school, you do feel like you need to have it all figured out already. Like you're, you're thinking about maybe where you're going to, if, if you're going to go to college or not, where you're going to college, what that means for the rest of your life, what career you choose, what major you're going to choose. And like, all this is going to like set the rest of your life in stone. And, and life is definitely not like that. Um, it's, it's almost like you're on a path with fog and you can see only so far ahead of you and you can make a plan. And then maybe you come to a fork in the road and you know that one way is gonna go one direction, one way is gonna go the other, but you can't see past that. And like, that's real life. Um, being able to adapt and to change and to follow, follow your instincts, follow your heart, follow your calling, like in that moment, that's what really matters. Yeah. Thank you. That, that, I love that. That's good. Okay. So what, um, what you've mentioned many different degrees, has <laughs> there been anything else that has kind of helped you prepare for, um, besides like personal experience and education, there been anything else that's helped you prepare for your career? Um, I mean, well, I guess the biggest thing is just life, life itself. So going through life, having personal experiences, reflecting on those and allowing those to, to change you or allowing those to guide you. Um, 
And then of course, like I said, yeah, education. I mean, that's obvious. You look at my resume and you're like, wow, this guy loves school. I do, I love school. Yeah, um, letters behind your name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at some point it just gets ridiculous. It's funny because I actually had to tell my wife, I was like, Brit, I was like, do not let me go back to school because it's like my safe place. So as soon as things start to change, I'm like, I'll just go get a doctorate or I'll just go to law school. Like, I'll just go do something else. And I'm like, do not let me enroll in school because I cannot be trusted with myself. Give me a computer and give me enough time. I will enroll somewhere and be like, Hey, so I'm doing this. And she's like, no, you're not. (laughs) But um, yeah. So I will say, I think what's drawn me to that though is, is really most of my life. I think if I look back at all those pivotal moments in life, like my mentors have been teachers. Um, and I think that's what initially drew me to wanting to be a professor for a while was realizing like, if I go back and I look at all the main decisions that I've made, it was, all, there's a teacher's face inside that decision saying, giving me wisdom, like um, taking the time to sit with me one-on-one and, and listen to my feelings, listen to my concerns. Uh, because, you know, even though I probably in high school thought I knew it all, I definitely didn't. And, and I knew that there were older people who <laughs> had, good input that they could put, give me. And so, um, yeah, like my educational mentors, they're the ones who nudged me in the right direction or they're the ones like, because even in high school, I think back as far as then, like I had started doing theater my junior year of high school, found out I was actually pretty good at it. And my high school theater teacher, I was like, I was like, I'm going to go to Juilliard or I'm going to go to these places. And so she actually was like, she had went, she went to Sam Houston. It's a great school for teachers. And so she was like, you should go to Sam. And I originally was like, I'm a, I'm a singer first, actor second, and dancer third. But, and so she was like, you should do the musical theater program. I wasn't even gonna go audition for that. And I was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I'm not a, I don't wanna do musicals. I'm a, I'm a straight theater guy. Like I like Shakespeare. I like just doing straight shows. And she's like, I know that's your passion. She's like, but you can do all three. She's like, you should at least pursue it. Like you should at least try. And I was like, okay. And so that like pushed me down that direction. And then I can just see at each pivotal point at each, it's almost like each crossroad I got to a teacher appeared and was like, if you go this way, this could happen. And if you go this way, this could happen. And I recommend going this way. Um, and yeah, and it's, it's interesting how pivotal that's been in my entire life. Yeah. Um, so I think having someone believe in you enough to say, I'm going to give you my time. I'm going to give you my wisdom. Um, it's going to get you through some of those tough times in life when you're feeling discouraged or lost. Uh, just remember, you're not alone. There's always someone out there who's, who would pick up the phone or the Zoom call nowadays and be like, I'll listen, I'll, I'll listen and I'll give you the best, my best judgment, like whatever I can do for you, so. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, mentors play, a I, majority of the people that we have on panels and in interviews and it's, maybe it might've been that one person or it was a person at each step, kind of each transition and each shift in their life. And um, it's one of those things that we talk about of being an importance just because it's someone to bounce ideas off of. It's someone to have conversations with. And so finding that mentor to support you um, is a huge, a huge deal. So. Yeah. I mean, it's someone who's actually been through it. Right. So there's being a school person. I, I know how much knowledge you can get from studying, but there's a huge difference between reading about something in a book and learning about something from someone who's actually done it. Right. Yes. That's good. That's good. All right, so we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. All right. Today's episode is sponsored by the John Cooper School. 
the John Cooper School is a pre-K through 12th grade college preparatory day school. Since 1988, Cooper has grown in size and distinction to become a leader in independent school education. Traditional and innovative educational practices teach students to become critical and creative thinkers, effective communicators, responsible citizens and leaders, and lifetime learners. From curiosity to wisdom, to learn more, visit www.johncooper.org. For the fall of 2020, Education for Tomorrow Alliance is excited to launch our Distinguished Speaker Series Leaders. These events will be held twice a month starting in September, and they are for local high school students to um, join in and listen from um, distinguished professionals from various industries and careers. Um, this is an opportunity for students to learn about um, where professionals have come from, where they're headed, and what they've learned along their journey. These sessions will take place on the first and third Thursday of every month starting September 17th via Zoom from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Registration is required to attend, so please visit www.efta-us.org to register. All right, welcome back. We are um, having conversations with David DeVoe, who is um, a financial advisor with Edward Jones, and we kind of talked about um, your education and your careers and the, why you've chosen some different things. What has been your like, greatest accomplishment or proudest moment thus far? Ooh, so hopefully my proudest moment in my career as a financial advisor hasn't happened yet since I've only been doing it about a year. If it has, then it's, it's back to acting. It's like I peaked early and then it just was downhill from there. <laughs> hopefully not. We're going to no. cross our fingers on that one. Um, so yeah, but I guess in my previous career um, as a designer and professor, I actually, I think my proudest moment was actually meeting my wife in grad school. So I don't know if that actually answers the question or not, but um, it was such a pivotal moment in my life and actually really shaped my career because um, she's been my biggest supporter and my rock. Uh, I mean, without her, I, I really honestly don't know where I would be. Like at that point when I met her, I, I was at that crossroads. I was thinking about going to law school. I was thinking about doing this. I was like, I was substitute teaching. I had no clue what I was doing at that point in time. Um, and to be honest without, like, I guess for me, it was my wife. She, she drew me into this world of dance and she drew me in, she made me feel like, I had purpose again. Um, and it doesn't necessarily need to be a spouse, but I would, I would definitely recommend in your career, find someone who's going to challenge you every single day. Um, that's going to call you out when you're wrong. You need someone, you don't want just somebody who's a yes person. You want someone who's going to look at you and be like, you're wrong. And this is why, um, somebody that you trust mm -hmm. and then congratulate you when you succeed, like that's going to be there and not be jealous of your success or, or envious, but someone who's, honestly going to look at you and be like, I'm so proud of you. Like, I'm, I'm excited. I get to be a part of this with you. Uh, someone who's just going to hold your hand, sit with you when you feel like your life doesn't matter. Somebody who can get you through all that. So whether that's a spouse, a best friend, a parent, back to a mentor, someone, um, I would recommend having that. Cause that for me, that's, I can see that as being that pivotal moment, um, that really launched my career in the, in the dance world and in the production and theater world that I've done for the last 10 years. Yeah. That's great. Shout out. Yeah. Love you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> so what has been your greatest challenge? Ooh, um, 
think my greatest challenge, uh, at least in this starting this new career, is having to start it in the middle of a global pandemic. So um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's an easy one to grab at, I guess. Uh, so I just, um, I started working with Jones in October, and then my licenses went active in, at the end of January. So February was awesome. I was on, I, I joke because I'm like, it's exactly like being on a roller coaster. You have that really slow ascent up. And you're like, Man, this is awesome. This is great. The only difference is, is on the roller coaster, it's exciting when you start going back down. Right. In this case, it was like February, I was headed up that, that, that roller coaster. And then instead of having that down slope that's exhilarating, it's like, it's like there was a brick wall there just waiting for us and everything just stopped. And so, because um, I'm not sure if you realize this, but like being a financial advisor, um, it has just as much to do with building relationships as it does with knowing how to manage people's finances. It's like, that's almost secondary to the relationship building aspect because when you bring on a new client or you're working with a new prospect, um, you're basically letting them know that you're making a commitment that's actually not very different from marriage, really. Um, like, you're going to stick with them through the good, the bad, the ugly, the ups and downs of the market. Uh, you're going to be there as a source of strength when they don't know what the right decision is. You're going to work on their behalf to make sure that they're able to leave a legacy for their children and their children's children. And that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of stress. That's a lot of commitment. Um, so you want to be able to build that relationship and know that you're actually getting into this commitment with somebody um, you know, you're not just going to bump into someone on the street, look at them and be like, hey, you want to go to the, the Justice of the Peace and get married today? It's like, right. so, <laughs> um, so not being able to connect with people one-on-one -on -one in real life uh, has made getting that message across not necessarily impossible, um, but definitely more challenging. Yeah, yeah, that, I can't even imagine going into that, a new career, all the excitement, and then just kind of bang, you're here's another, here you go. I mean, what else is 2020 going to throw at us? Right. Yeah. At that point, you're just like, okay. <laughs> it's like, you don't want to say it can't get any worse, but at the end of the day, you're like, yeah. Don't say it. Yeah. 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 2021 is only how many months away? Yes. Well, thank you for that. So what, um, this is always a fun question. Where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, that is, that is always an interesting question. Um, well, hopefully sitting on a beach in Hawaii, maybe with my wife and, and two kids or four, depending, you know, who wins that argument, uh, you know, and our three dogs, right? That's where everybody wants to be. Yeah. So no, no, no. But really, um, ooh, if I, if I look back and break my life up into five-year increments and had to answer this question at each one of those increments, it's pretty incredible to see how many twists and turns have actually happened in my, my original plan, like where I was like, oh, I'm going to be this in five years. And then in five years later, looking back going, wow, how did I get here? I have no idea. That's crazy. That's not at all where I was aiming. Yeah. Um, but I think at this moment in time, at least professionally speaking, I hope to have a sustainable practice as a financial advisor. Um, working with as many families as I can to achieve their financial goals. Like that's really the gist of it. But um, for me, it's it's even more interesting, I guess, because in five years, I turn 40. Whew. I know for high school kids, that probably sounds incredibly old. For uh, all those older people I work with, they're like, you're such a baby. <laughs> but um, I mean, it made a lot of thought as to like, what that means, like turning 40. And, and what do I want to achieve by that, that kind of landmark date? Like every decade, I think we have that sort of self-reflection time going, wow, did I accomplish what I wanted to in my 30s? Am I going to accomplish what I want to in my 40s? Um, and I think a big thing now is like, 
I want to transition from, uh, I guess, being the ment mentee to the mentor. And, and really, instead of just always thinking about what my community or what people can do for me, like, what can I do for my community? Um, I definitely, I've always had political aspirations. Those have tamed a lot in high school. I, I wanted to be the president of the United States. Um, maybe, we're still crossing our fingers on that one, but who uh, I have entrepreneurial goals. Um, I want to participate in public service in some way, just to make a better life for me, my family, other families, friends, the community. Like I said, going back to just leaving the world a better place than I found it. Um, I also have a few nonprofit ideas. Like I get these ideas randomly and I'm just like, ah, that's such a crazy idea. I can never happen. And then they just won't leave. So um, like one right now is like, in my head, it would like fundamentally change the prison system, uh, at least for like nonviolent offenders. Uh, but that's that's a whole different conversation. Okay, don't tell us because our listeners, they might steal it from you. <laughs> yeah, I don't want anybody taking that idea. No, that one's still still in the vault. So, but who knows? Well, so five years from now, I may look back and be like, wow, look at that. I didn't know I could do it. Yeah, well, that question, I think that one's a fun one because it, it allows you to kind of think about those goals and really kind of, I mean, part of our thing for our, um, this podcast is encouraging people to dream big dreams. And I Absolutely. think that question always opens the door for um, you to say, all right, this is something that's been on my mind. Can I actually do it? Is it feasible? Um, so I, I like, I'm also good to be on a beach somewhere. <laughs> you can be a financial well, if I end up in Hawaii, I'll send you an invite. You can stay in our guest room. Okay, great. <laughs> Great. So uh, our, our listeners are high school students. What is that one piece of advice that you would go back and tell your 17, 18 year old self? Mm, um, wow. One piece of advice. So uh, yeah, I guess I'd probably go back and tell myself probably to fail more. Um, yeah, I know that probably sounds strange. So let me, yeah. let me unpack that real quick. Um, I'm not telling myself to go back and be a failure, but to fail more. So I, cause I grew up thinking failure was like the end of the world. Like I was the, like, have to get straight A's, like obsessive about being, achieving things. Um, because for me being successful in everything that I did is how I got worth, like how I felt worth. Like it made me feel like I was actually contributing and that, that my life had meaning. Um, and you know, when you're in high school, spoiler alert, you're way more dramatic than you are when you get older. So everything, everything matters so much. And then you look back and you're like, wow, it's been the hormones. But um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, I was so afraid to fail because if I did, that meant I wasn't worth anything. And I've learned that there could be nothing further from the truth. Um, also, like the cool thing about failure is it actually opens yourself up to try new things. It, it gives you space to be creative. Um, to problem solve in the moment. Uh, it allows you to look back and be like, well, you know what, that didn't work or I wasn't ready for that. But also to realize that that doesn't mean that you don't work or that you can't be ready for that in the future. So it really helps you define what your strengths and your weaknesses are. And knowing those moving forward allows you to grow as a human being. So in my opinion, if, if you aren't failing, then you're not trying hard enough. And, and that's actually really been a real big challenge for myself because I realized uh, if I look back, it's one of those things where I'm like, I've, I don't think I've ever failed at anything. And I don't mean that in a bragging way. I just, it makes me actually slightly sad because I'm like, wow, I don't, I could, maybe I never challenged myself enough uh, in life. Maybe I gravitated towards things I knew I would achieve 
And so then I could do them and then be proud about achieving them. And I'm like, what could I accomplish if I actually had been like, you know what? I have no idea if I'm going to be good at this or no idea if I can actually accomplish this, but I'm going to try it anyways, because that's what makes life, that's what makes life exciting. Like, I wish I had known that back then. I mean, I'm still young, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad I know it now, but definitely back then would have been more, more beneficial, I think, to me. Yeah, that's so good. Students hit the reverse button, write those down, write down, <laughs> take those with you because I, I can agree 100%. So thank you for that. And thank you for that honesty. Um, so we like to wrap every podcast with just some fun, get to know you questions that are maybe not as like intense. Ooh, and curious. Okay. So when you are not working and protecting people's money and helping them plan for their future, how do you fill your day? What do you like to do? Oh, okay. So honestly, I read a lot. Uh, my wife and I are both big readers actually. So that works out. I, I, wish you could see my big bookshelves with all my books, but uh, <laughs> so I read lots of books, lots of financial publications, because I need to stay current in my job for that, and you just have to have time to read that, but um, I love reading books, uh, basically anything with a hero's journey in it, um, because even though it's fiction, it's actually, there's so many parallels to real life, and I think that's what's so incredible about it, is it actually allows you to enter into a world and open yourself up to understanding how things work, without being in our own reality. But um, I also do a lot of self-learning. So I watch, uh, I signed up for this service called Masterclass. It's, it's a whole bunch of like professionals in different fields that basically teach you their strategies. It's incredible. Um, and then I watch TED Talks, documentaries. So I just, I love to learn. And obviously I'm not enrolled in school right now, uh, but I'm going to continue learning. So for me, learning never stops. I think that's the thing. I think if I can give you any advice, you remember anything from today, learning never stops. Like never stop being curious about the world or what you can learn. Um, I, like I can't imagine graduating from school and then thinking, oh boy, thank God I never have to learn anything again. But right. you know, there's so many amazing free resources out there that you can continue learning, continue growing and continue strengthening yourself. Um, and so what it allows me to do is actually is to just focus on being like the hero of my own journey. Cause you know, everybody wants to be, well, I don't know if everyone does. I've always wanted to be the hero in the book. Uh, and I realized, you know what? Somebody has to be the guy who like the soldier in the front who dies at the beginning of the battle, but that's not me. So <laughs> I want to be the hero of my own journey. And when someone reads my life story, I want them to see someone who was, who was curious, hungry and, and humble all the way to the end. Yeah, great. Um, what, you say books, what are your top yeah. three books? Ooh, top three. So it's really hard to narrow. I love people are like, <laughs> my first instinct is like, what's genre? So it's like, <laughs> hold on, slow it down. Um, but I'd have to say, I guess most influential books so far have been uh, the Bible for me is, is huge. I started reading that when I was in middle school. Um, and I've just continued reading that ever since because there's just always new things to find, always new things to reflect on uh, in life. So, and then, like I said, anything with a hero's journey. So I love series. Like I just, I don't like endings. So, so like a one-off book for me is not the best. Um, and that's why I love like the longer the series, the better. I, I love Lord of the Rings. Um, I love, it's called Assassin's Blade. It's a female heroine. She's, it's an incredible story. And I just actually, so I just delved into the 15 book series called The Wheel of Time. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, I, I, you know, I started a couple weeks ago. I, I'm, 
almost done with book two. Like it's, it just draws you right in. It's, it's more the pandemic and you're not really going out so you can read. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, the pandemic has been fantastic. It's like, so, and my wife and I joke cause we're like, it's like eight 30 and the sun's going down. We're like, yeah, I'm going to go lay in bed and read. So, <laughs> you know, I'll reach like 11 o'clock sometimes, but it's just like, yeah, I kind of just want to get my book and go get back into that story. So, um, and I like, I like physical books. Like I like holding an actual book. Uh, and not necessarily just reading a digital copy, but, um, and then I guess one standoff book that I really love is called Ready Player One. Um, I know the movie came out, I think last year, uh, but the book, of course, as always, books are way better. Right. Um, yeah, Ready Player One is a really good one-off book, but, and of course, shout out to Harry Potter. Love me some Harry Potter, so. Yeah, we learned about you in our Young Professionals Trivia Night, and you yep. put the rest of us to shame, and I felt like I watched them, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was fun. I'll do Harry Potter trivia whenever you want. Okay. Well, thank you so much, David. I appreciate you taking the time um, to talk with me today, to give us a look into your life and share your stories with our listeners. Um, and sharing stories allows you to envision yourself maybe or envision kind of that path. And so I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate the um, passion that you put in kind of your answers. And um, students, if you want to learn more about Education for Tomorrow Alliance programs, to hear from volunteers and professionals like David, you can visit um, our website, www.efta-us.org, to find our virtual and in-person programs whenever we get back to doing that. So, Thank you again, David. I hope that you stay safe and have a great rest of your day. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us for the first episode of the EFTA What I Wish I Knew podcast. Tune in next week as we hear from Nick Arbuckle, Connor High School graduate and traveling musician in Nashville and also a band member of Kid Politics. Thank you again to the John Cooper School for sponsoring today's episode.